Welcome back to Podcast The Motion Picture. I'm your host, Jack Brainerd, creator of Studio Brain. I'm joined by my co-host, Noah Lane. What's that? My dear brother, Cole Brainerd. What's that? And Reed LaRock. What's that? Today we got a few uh, topics to talk about. To start off, as usual. Actually, no, we have something completely new. Uh, since he was not here for the first episode. And now... For something completely different. Good reference. Uh, yeah, here, I'll, I'll hop in. Yeah, I, I, that's just brief. I was not in on the first episode, and some things were brought up in it, and I thought I needed to make some clarifications because what was said was wrong. At, at one point... What? You want me to get closer? Okay, sorry, buddy. At one point, it was brought up that William Shakespeare was gay. Now, whether or not he was gay or not, I, I don't know. But I'd just like to bring up Anne Hathaway, uh, his wife. I, that was never brought up. Catwoman? Yes, the, the very same. No, Anne Hathaway, his wife, uh, the same name. It just happens to be. The woman uh, from Ride Wars? Yeah. yeah, going on, Noah, because you're upsetting me, I'd like to say that Christopher Nolan is better and will always be better than Wes Anderson. Uh, no. Anyway, moving on from that point. I think we found a debate topic. James back. Cameron and Avatar both suck. Uh, the Witcher is definitely not popular enough, never I am with you on that one. It you will finally said something enough. worth talking about. Uh, be popular enough to take over the Game of Thrones spotlight. I'm sorry, I'm still making my clarifications here. Uh, what happened was Rutger Howard had died, and the three of you all uh, gave your own take on your reaction uh, to finding out he was dead, since you already knew uh, after the fact. Uh, so here's my take on Rutger Howard dying. Uh, Noah, could you please tell me Rutger Howard died? Oh, yeah. Uh, are you ready? Um, Reed, I have some bad news. Rucker oh, Rucker Howard passed away. What? Rucker Howard, you know, Blade Runner. Yeah, from Blade Runner. Batman Begins. Yeah. He died. No. Yeah. That can't be. I'm sorry. It's true. Are you, are you He's dead! He's dead and it happened and it's all over, No, This is the end! Roger Howard is dead! <laughs> it's Howard, not Howard. Alright, damn it. Okay, alright. Well, well to be you honest, fucked I don't up. care about him. I just want to Just piss on his grave. Good job. And on the last thing, at one point, you guys were upset. And so Jack said, now is not the time to mourn. Something along those lines. Like Thanos. And he did not take the opportunity. So I would just like to point out that now is no time at all. Excellent. Thank All you, right. Reed. Thank yep, you, Reed. that is my take. Thank you, Brandon. I'm glad I could uh, make those, those seven real quick. Thank you for those uh, anecdotes. So anecdotes. Anecdotes? Is it really anecdotes? Anecdotes. I thought it was just C was silent. Anecdotes. Anecdotes? Anecdotes. Oat bag. <laughs> so <laughs> let's move forward to our first segment. Noah, take All it right, away. Jack, today. I'm going to hit you with a little Terminator 2 Newsmint Day. What do you got for us? Well, big news. The Irishman teaser trailer. Now, notice it's teaser, not trailer number one, because they do teaser trailers nowadays. was dropped by Netflix. Opinions on said trailer. Well, I'll start with my opinion on the Irishman trailer. Um... Like, I'm not going to doubt Martin Scorsese as a filmmaker. He's obviously one of the greats. And the film doesn't look terrible. 
But you know what does look terrible is the de-aging technology that they used in the flick. It looks really bad. <laughs> and like, I don't want to like, I'm not, I don't want to like criticize, uh, obviously, uh, yeah, I will criticize the people who worked on the de-aging technology in the film. It looks terrible. And you guys probably should have looked at it a little longer. I don't know how that technology works. I don't know if anyone's going to listen to my criticisms anyways, <laughs> but if you guys have ever seen uh, X-Men 3, The Last Stand, yeah, it looks about like that. So good job, Netflix. Wait, who do they de-age in X-Men 3? Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen at the very really beginning. They didn't really do anything for Ian McKellen. He just Still looked look terrible. <laughs> he looks the same, and, and Patrick Stewart looks like Mr. Clean. Wait, is it Patrick Stewart, like... Mr. Like Professor X or his twin brother? Professor X. Professor X, guy. Prof X. With a period in there. Prof X. Okay, so I'm just doing my take on the trailer. Wait, but other than that, like, it looked really entertaining, and I'm definitely probably going to watch it anyways because it's on Netflix, so. Thank you, Cole. That was not my take. (laughs) Jack, good take. Thank you. Thank you. Go on, Jack. So, yeah. Besides the de-aging looking like absolute ass and a half, like, Grand Marf Tarkin looked a little better in Rogue One. Reed's gagging himself. Uh, For our audio listeners, Reed just shoved his finger in his mouth while Jack was talking, I believe in reference to Jack stumbling over the name Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah, Uh, he tends to do that. It, it, I think it turns Tarkin. him on a little bit, but... No one uh, turns me on. Uh, ooh. But, you know, in Rogue One, you know, they do the de-aging with Leia and Tarkin. And, you know, Tarkin looks incredibly worse than Leia. I mean, it, it's de- Okay, okay. You get what I mean by that. Okay. Okay. They both look bad. Yeah, we can all okay. be in agreement that de-aging technology... Even though it's, like, held on, like, some sort of pedestal as, like, the greatest sort of, like, I don't know, virtual effects technology that you can do in film, it never looks good. never looks great, guys. And the human eye is able to detect fakeness so well that, I mean, the Uncanny Valley is just incredible with even the Martin Scorsese flick. I hear what you're saying. I would beg to differ, Cole. I think... That a lot of de-aging technology. Point, counterpoint. Go, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on. Here it is. Here's what I have to say about this. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, going on from that. Uh, Who's that supposed to be? <laughs> I got very upset. De-aging technology and, and the way that they go about it, I think it looks fine for the most part. I do have to say, yeah, maybe Robert De Niro in the Irishman trailer, he did look a little bit shiny. Uh, Patrick Stewart in The Last Stand looked plastic, and I think it is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, rather than... Well, the worst thing until you see the next two hours of the movie, then then that's <laughs> then that's, <even laughs> that's the worst part. Uh, 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 we're, just, we're just getting started. It's it's been quite a while since I have seen any movies that do it, so I don't really have any points of reference other than Rogue One, like you guys brought up. And Grand Moff Tarkin does look scary, and not in his usual way, more in the way that I think he's going to come at me in the middle of the night in my dreams. I think Leia looks all right in the uh, in the cut. She looks fine to me. She's hot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, going okay. on. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, uh, definitely it looks fine to me. Okay, here's what I'll say. 
I think we're forgetting about the MCU's forays into de-aging, because I think they have it down pretty well. I think uh, John Slattery in Endgame looked terrific. I think Kurt Russell in Guardians 2 looked terrific. Yeah, that's the one I have to agree with. He looks amazing. Yeah. I, I just feel like they've been working on the Irishman for so long that somehow the technology has already outpaced what they did, and now it's going to come out in the winter, and everyone's going to think it looks silly, like all of us here kind of do. Yeah, like, it all depends on how much they actually use it, because if it's, like, for, like, one or two scenes, which it's going to be not, it's going to be more than one or two scenes, but if they, like, keep it below, like, 15 minutes of runtime of de-aging, like, that's okay, because that doesn't take away from the entire movie. If most of the movie is uh, D.H. De Niro, who looks shiny, a lot that's going to bother a lot of people. It's going to bother the fuck out of me, because I'm going to be focused on his face looking like that instead of the actual movie. So, I think it all depends on how much it is actually utilized in the film. Because in the MCU movies, besides in Captain Marvel, where it's used almost Oh, yeah. Forgot entirely. about that. That's terrific, It's almost too. used entirely... But before that, you know, it's used sparingly. It's used in, like, at most five minutes you get to see of it. Like, it's little snippets. So if they, the Irishman does that, that's not going to be as bad. But if they go, like, Captain Marvel and it's that quality, it's going to look weird. I just hope, kind of like what you're getting at there, if it is bad, I just hope the movie's good enough so that I won't care. That's all I hope. Yeah, I guess I can be in agreement on those parts. But yeah, it's, it's it's incredible to see that kind of technology utilized in such a poor way, where even in the trailer it just look, doesn't give off a great look at all. But, like, that shouldn't be a detriment to Martin Scorsese's filmmaking, which I, I'm really excited for the movie still. Like, don't get me wrong, I love gang- his gangster films are amazing, to my part, or in my opinion, his crime dramas. What's the name of the Robert De Niro movie? It's the one that's about four hours long. Yeah, James Wood in it. Once Upon a Time in America? Once Upon a Time in America. That is directed uh, by Sergio Leone. Yeah. Sergio Leone. Hey, I'd have to say uh, the aging technology in that is fantastic, in which uh, all that they do is they just dress him up to look older. And the de-aging technology, the de-aging technology is genius. They just get a younger actor and they bring him in to play a young Robert De Niro. I never thought it could be done, but they did. genius. It was. Wait, are you talking about like... When they bring the kid in. That was gonna say. <laughs> I was like, they just bring this in the isn't kid a to play him when he's a child. This isn't a middle-aged De Niro. It's Dream. like an actual. Fu- it's a child. It's it is <laughs> genius. Never been done before. Uh, moving on, my take of the Irishman. Uh, I don't know if anybody's if I'm cutting anybody off. I just have to throw in my part here because I literally watched it. It's about two minutes uh, right before we started recording. I didn't retain any information. I I don't know what's going on with it. So there's that. I heard uh, um, who's short bugger's name? Pesci. Joe Pesci. Uh, he's pretty cool. I've always liked him and everything he's ever been in. And uh, for those of you that have seen Lethal Weapons, he is a high part of my life. So, moving on. So, the other trailer that was dropped today, uh, someone's going to have to say his name because I can't fucking remember it. But The Lighthouse by... Robert Pattinson. That's the actor. Willem the Dafoe. Willem Dafoe is what you're looking Who's the director? For. Who's the director? Isn't it Robert Eggers? Yeah. Is yeah. it Eggers? I'll look it up quick. So, uh, Edgerts or Eggers? Eggers, I think. One second. Keep talking. So, the Lighthouse trailer dropped today, which, after his, for hit and miss for some people, The Witch, which I will say. we're Son of a bitch. Dir- 
The is, is how it, it's pronounced. Is it the Vavitch? Okay, no, but that's how everyone it's should spelled, say. Uh, yeah, the, the Vavitch. So the Vavitch, his first movie was for some people really good, for others like just meh. But director, like directing wise, it was pretty good. Like it looks pretty, it flows pretty nicely. But the Lighthouse, it comes out with Willem Dafoe and Robert Patterson starring together, and they're looks like to be alone together on a light a uh, lighthouse. Takes on it. Uh, I looked it up. It is, in fact, Robert Eggers. Yes. Uh, he could be – I don't know what else he's done besides the Vavitch, but he could be one of those up-and-coming guys. Or maybe he's, like, 75 and he's he, he's made, like, 20 movies. I don't know. Kind of like Ari Aster, like this upcoming director who's made, like, two movies. Right, but he's young, so I hope we get a lot of him uh, moving forward. Uh, anyways, Lighthouse looks terrific. It looks like it was filmed in the early 30s. I'm so excited to see Robert Pattinson not as Edward Cullen, even though I love the Twilight movies. Just kidding. I only like three of them. I'm sorry. Did you never see him as Cedric Diggory? <laughs> of course, Cedric. My boy! My, My boy! Yeah, that's not funny, guys. He died. Hey, don't spoil it. Yeah, sorry. Never uh, too late to get into <clears throat> Harry Potter. Go on. Willem Dafoe is, like, quietly one of the most underappreciated actors of our time. Like, I fucking love Willem Dafoe. Like, I, like, when I was four and didn't care about actors or anything, I still knew who that guy was because he's, like, so iconic in Spider-Man. Uh, he's always... You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Yes, he's always just been part of my life, and I love me some Let Willem Dafoe. Die the woman you love. Thank you. Can I get what, a does he, what does he say right before he dies? He don't is it oh? Don't tell Harry, and then he. Oh, don't tell Harry. I thought, I thought it's I. No, like when he gets stabbed, is it I see or O? Oh? It's just O. Oh. Okay, yeah. I always like can't remember which one it is. Yeah, uh, Lighthouse looks terrific. Looks super artsy, which I I can be in the right mood for, and I am really excited for it. And uh, that's all I have to say. I pulled up this Robert Eggers character. He looks young. He looks very like he only has two movies that he's actually directed. Well, technically three. The night I don't think he, that was ever. Oh, it's in development, so it's not actually made. So, he's only made two two movies. I'll make the call. Make the call, Reed. Call him. Use your uh people skills, which we all know you have. Okay, and if we get him, we get him. So yeah, he looks pretty young. Uh, he is just the witch. He was a production designer on the Telltale Heart. I'm unfamiliar with that. Isn't it? The, isn't that a uh, Edgar Allan Poe poem? Probably, but I don't Edgar know. Edgar Allan Poe. He's up and coming still. I think. Right? <laughs> uh, he's an we still. We writer. still have him. You're saying he's already came. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, thoughts on the lighthouse? Yeah. If I would like to, I'd like to add in. I no, guess. you can't. No, I can't add in. Okay. Well. Okay, I saw I saw the I'm gonna say witch, cause it's the witch. Wrong, wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> okay, uh, the witch. I saw. I watched the witch uh, last year, and it's it's a really really like great horror movie, especially for like people who enjoy like the slow burn horror, where all of it just it's just constantly tense and easing up until it just all comes out at the very end of the movie. It's just horrifying. Yeah, uh, it did get a that movie did get a when you said it was like critically acclaimed, but then also meh. It was meh because it got released to a mass audience and no one really liked it. And that kind of was the same thing with happened with Hereditary last year too. 
is where these uh, super popular film festival horror flicks get released in the mass audiences and they don't give a fuck about them. But anyways, I really enjoyed that movie, The Witch specifically, and he's a really great horror director and knows how to work the slow burn in his movies. And so I'm incredibly excited for this new one, The Lighthouse, which looks like he's continuing that kind of trend of the mysterious and the horrifying. And yeah, it's really cool. Neat. It's really neat how he employs a different aspect ratio. It's kind of like, I don't know if I want to call it like hipsterish, but it's definitely an interesting take on filmmaking. And then the black and white is also really neat too and provides great setting. So yeah, I ho- I'm really hopeful. It looks really great. So, did you ever see a ghost story? A ghost story? No, but I'm familiar with it. So that has like the similar aspect ratio. Yeah. So, like in that movie, it's interesting because one, uh, the movie itself is kind of weird. But the aspect ratio, like I don't know really. I'm not a, like it doesn't change how I view a film. Like yeah, it looks neat, but it doesn't matter if the film is still fucking shit. So I mean, we'll see. Like, as far as aspect ratio goes, it'll be fun to watch, but other than that, like, I don't consider it a whole part of, like, how the film is act- should actually be perceived. Okay. Uh, I'd like to share my part of the trailer. I also watched that right before we started recording, and once again, I don't know what I watched. Uh, it was black and white. I saw the Green Goblin. He showed up with... Uh, Team Edward Captain uh, Edward himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it looked like I heard that there was some shanty music going on, like from sailors. It was pretty cool to hear. And it looked like Willem Dafoe and him were just partying it up, maybe taking a liberty. To be honest, it looked like a typical Saturday night for myself. Um, with myself, I think as both Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. So you just chill in a lighthouse I on your casual. In a lighthouse on my typical Saturday night. Anyway, they were gathered around a table. Things looked extreme. Uh, it was very tense. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I can't wait to have it come out. I'll definitely go see it. It will be very enjoyable, I'm sure. Yeah, what do you say the odds are we're able to see it in our northern Minnesotan town? Absolutely zero. Like, I'll be able to see it thanks to the cinema I'm over sure Duluth. it depends on how the numbers for Midsummer do over there because I'm sure if they do well, then they'll be this looks like the thing. I bet we get it, like, two or three months after it's released, like we did for all the Oscar movies last year. Do you, th- like, do you think this movie will have Oscar buzz around it? Yes, because of the cast and then it's artsy, so that... Like, the Academy's already going to be like, what? That's a smaller screen. Give it a fucking Oscar. Like, that already. So, yes, it will get Oscar buzz. We'll, like, right now it will. We'll wait to see it. And then from there, it can be entirely determined. For sure, I think it's going to be, uh, I mean, it's Willem Dafoe. They're going to hand him a supporting actor no matter what at this point. Like, I think he got one for, was it Best Lead Actor? for the Ed Attorney's Gate last year, and I think before that it was the Florida Project, right? So, like, I think for, like, the last, like, five projects he's done, he's gotten a Oscar nomination I'm for pretty it. sure he doesn't have a win yet, too. He so, does not. I mean, it's a long shot, but maybe this is the year for Willem. I'd love it. I wanted him to win last year. What? Really? Yes. I, I, I don't think I know anyone that saw that movie. It's It was interesting. Okay. I don't think anyone saw that movie. <laughs> I phased out, so I didn't even hear the conversation <laughs> about the movie nobody saw. <laughs> That's how obscure Jack, the movie is. I think this movie's made up. I'm pretty sure it's not even real. Jack, do you, who's this guy? William Dafoe? 
What? <laughs> moving on. Oh, uh, Jack, what's our next subject? Well, I think we're moving to another segment. I don't think Ooh, we have another subject. Segment. So stuff. Stuff with Reed. Reed you got stuff. Um No. Jack, back to you. No, back to you, Jack. Welcome to the debate. In this part of the podcast, we will be debating Christopher Nolan versus Wes Anderson. We're going to find out who's the better director and who's a piece of shit. To begin this debate, Cole Brainerd. Cole Brainerd, what have you got for us? I don't actually have an opinion on this matter. I don't generally care about rating these two directors. They're both really talented, and they're both really good in their own genres. Well, that was interesting. Now, moving up a little bit more fire, Noah Lane. What up, Team Anderson all the way. Let's go. Okay, all right. I thought we were going to give the full opinion here, but moving on to Jack Brainerd. What do you got to say? Team Nolan, Wes Anderson is the leader of Obscure and can suck my And taking over for introducing so he can say his thing. Read the rock. Uh, yeah, I just have to say, uh, Wes Anderson can eat a dick. Christopher Nolan is amazing. All right, so I'm alone in my corner here. He is alone. However, Reed is kind of... I thought I was going to be the guy being, like, the mediator. But oh, I just wanted to have a uh, funny thing there. Re- WrestleMania over here took over. Yeah, okay yeah. So, let's see. Dun, dun. Noah, why do you like Wes Anderson? Why do I like Wes Anderson? Well, for those of you at home. I can answer that question for Noah. This is, because this is how it's going to be. Don't interrupt me. Don't interrupt me. The reason why he likes Wes Anderson is because he has no taste. Go on, Noah. Okay. Where was I? <clears throat> why do I well, like Wes is... Anderson? Well, for you listening at home that are maybe a casual moviegoer, you, you don't know who I'm talking about right now. Well, Wes Anderson has made movies for the populace, such as Fantastic Mr. Fox. I guarantee you've seen that one. But he's also made movies that influence you without even knowing they do. Royal Tenenbaums, released in 2001, showed the family dynamic in a way that's never been seen before in film. And if you were to watch it, it would change the way you viewed your own family. 1998's Rushmore, in my top five favorite films of all time, blends comedy and heart like no film before or since. And dare I even mention the technical prowess in display in Isle of Dogs released in 2018. He changed animate, he changed a genre that he wasn't even that well versed in. So there you go. That's a little bit about Wes Anderson. And uh, Reed, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. So let's hear it, Reed. Wait, wait. May I say one thing before you start? Now, you may hurt him with words, but do not physically yeah, hurt no, him. Read to disagree. That's just, I can't make any promises, Jack. Don't expect these things from stop, me. Stop, stop, stop getting close to him. Everything's <laughs> fine. Everything's fine. He's over there. I'm over here. My cord only goes so far. But I think it's just far enough. Anyway, so movies like The Royal Tenenbaums, Isle of Dogs, uh, 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 are there even any more? Uh, what's that one? Uh, Mount Rushmore, one of his 
classic movies. You ever heard of these? No, you haven't, because they're terrible, and why would he even put them out there? Because he's not proud of his work. He knows that it's all just terrible. Uh, Christopher Nolan, you have classic movies like The Dark Knight, which gave us Heath Ledger's amazing performance, which we will never see again. Uh, Inception, which Hans Zimmer even lent his hand to the film to give us great moments like Bong! Sure. Iconic. Uh, Interstellar? <laughs> Interstellar. Are you kidding me? Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Crass. Is it DeGrasse? He came out and said, this image of a black hole, though we've never seen one, is probably what it looks like. I'm not sure if that's exactly what he said. Lo and behold, then the picture of the black hole came out, and Neil deGrasse Tyson looked at it, and he went, yeah, that's right. That's right. So just Christopher Nolan is well-established. He's much more famous. Everybody knows him. He is – I don't want to say he's nearing – household name. I don't think that's ridiculous to say. I, I just like to say that I should hope that my future son, Christopher Nolan The Rock, will understand <laughs> why he's named that. Because Christopher Nolan is just spectacular. Moving on. So, since the audience... I'm, I'm in the middle here. I'm not going to give my points. I'm not going to give a counterpoint. I'm simply going to state my thoughts because... I, I die. So, simply put, I like s- I've only seen three Wes Andersons, which of my favorite being Grand Budapest, which was magnificently directed, and yes, no one has ever heard of him, and probably never heard of that movie. So, so when Are when you I hear me Wes Anderson, never heard of a Best Picture nominee. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yes. Yes. So. All I'm gonna say is, is that I when I when I hear someone say, "Oh, my favorite director is Wes Anderson," there's one of two things: they're artsy as fuck, or they don't actually watch movies. So, when that is being said, I like Wes Anderson for his creativity, his directing style. You'll find it nowhere else. But sometimes his movies are a little plain. Right. <laughs> now I'm not arguing. You stay right there. Now, moving on to Christopher Nolan. I like Nolan. I have always liked Nolan. I like the way he sets up his stories. However, as a director, he doesn't really... The only true direction he has is in his telling a story, which I like how he makes it like inquisitive, like makes the audience try to figure out what the fuck's going on. But as an actual director, cinematographic, like picture-wise, he's not very spectacular. Now, The Dark Knight's a fucking masterpiece, eh. as eh. well as Interstellar, eh. as well as Inception. Yes. So, but then there's pieces when I look at Christopher Nolan and then I look at the other mediums, he does draw from many inspirations. I mean, for anyone who's seen a Satoshi Kon movie or is familiar with his work, uh, he... The movie Paprika, Christopher Nolan openly takes from that movie. Like, openly. So, there's that. I mean, Dunkirk was cool. Nope. It was a different war movie. It was never spectacular. But, other than that, I think that both directors have their own rights. However, they are neither the greatest or ever will be. Okay. Well, this is Noah again. Let me just start off by saying how ludicrous and utterly 
ridiculous it is to claim that Wes Anderson is plain, I believe is the word you used. Wes Anderson is one of less than five directors of all time. Where you turn on a Wes Anderson movie and you look at one frame and you know who made that. That is a talent that no one else has. And uh, you you attack me. You say Wes Anderson's movie sucks. You shouldn't have made him. Blah, blah, blah. It's because you're out of your element. You haven't seen them. You don't even know what you're arguing here. You haven't. I know because I keep asking you to. And you call me mean names and then throw stuff at me. Well, this is where it comes back to haunt me. Wes Anderson has never made a movie as embarrassingly awful as The Dark Knight Rises. What a waste of three hours of my life. They took the memory of Heath Ledger, shoved it into a bald Tom Hardy that you couldn't understand, and shat on the Dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> um, let me let me mention that you haven't even you haven't even brought up my favorite Christopher Nolan movie, which is The Prestige, which I will admit beautifully crafted, beautifully directed, and you know what? I like that movie. I like all Christopher Nolan movies except for The Dark Knight Rises. But the thing with him is that it's not the direction that makes those movies. It's the story. And you know what? Most of the time, he has someone else writing the story with him. Wes Anderson will write and direct his own movies, which requires much more talent and much more effort. So what I'll say before my next counterpoint is that Nolan, he goes for the blockbuster. He goes for the good time. But he cannot go for your soul. And Wes Anderson touches your soul. Thank you. So, if I make counterpoint, Noah, if I turn a TV and I see a scene, how the fuck do I know who made it if I don't know who fucking yeah, made I, it? I, Wes Anderson is not a household that. name. That doesn't matter in it's, this debate. Popularity no, it means does. nothing in regards to talent. Completely. But to continue, you state The Dark Knight Rises. Yes. Uh, have you seen The Darjeeling Limited? Have you seen the Life Aquatic with Steve Zazel? Movies I have not seen. Wow, one thing. Uh, yes. So, as and I'm not <laughs> as praised as Isle of yeah, Dogs is, it's a it's a subpar movie. I know you just went on a little spree there. I don't know why. Because of your inability to spit out a sentence. Movie. Is why I did that. Okay. Yes. Don't attack oh, me. Sorry. We're attacking the film. So, when you state. When you state that the Dark Knight Rises sucks, is yes, uh, I, I mean sucks. I would openly state that is one like a speck on Christopher. I Nolan's would call it a career. poop stain on his career. Well, the okay, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zazel is fucking boring. The Darjean Limited fucking doesn't matter. That's a throwaway movie. I Love Dogs was. Good, but the only reason it's good it's is because of the big animation. The, the actual fucking story film about a boy and his dog is very moving. Yes. Is it? Okay. Now, uh, Reed looks antsy over there, so I'm going to hand it on off. Yeah, to bring to back him. up Noah's stupid point of where he said uh, when you turn on a. You turn on a West Anderson. You turn on a TV, West Anderson film is on. You know it's him? Yeah, sure, maybe. But. Maybe not in the best of ways. 
when Gilbert Godfrey speaks, yeah, I know it's Gilbert Godfrey because I'm annoyed out of my mind and I want to blow my brains out. Much like when I look at a Wes Anderson film. Do you not get that same feeling with Christopher Nolan? It's not that you see it and it's like there's a certain way about it. It's just you see it and it's like, oh, this is Interstellar. Of course I've seen Interstellar because Christopher Nolan is a household friend. He is there. He will always be there. He doesn't make these stupid movies that go out of their way to be artsy and different and have these little moments where you see something else that you've never seen before. You don't need to see something else with Christopher May, Nolan. may I just ask you a, a perfection ask you of what you've question. already seen? Why does the popularity of Christopher Nolan make him a better director? Because he's made it. No, no, no. It's not. What? No, no, no. No, he's not popular because he's popular. He's popular because his movies caught on. They're better. Wes Anderson has a massively huge fan following. Maybe not the casual moviegoer, but he he is a beloved director. I'm not saying he doesn't. We ourselves, with our podcast, I mean, we have a massive following, all three of them. They are just blowing in numbers by the podcast. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's not a, it's not a popularity contest. So, yeah, of course, I shouldn't be trying to say or get caught up in, in who knows who uh, and who he's unfamiliar with who. But let me just say the reason why you know Christopher Nolan, why you don't know Wes Anderson, is because Wes Anderson's a piece of shit who can die. He does not make anything special. He makes things different, okay? Because he wants to be the special. He wants to be something new and something something great. That is just, it's more than that. Counterpoint. I will counterpoint. And I know maybe this is redundant because I said this last time I was up. Wes Anderson's visual flair is unparalleled. The way his symmetry, the colors he uses, the dialogue between characters. I, you know what I didn't mention? And I know you love this movie, Reed LaRock. Moonrise Kingdom. It features Bruce Willis in his only good performance since Unbreakable in the year 2000. It features Edward Norton not being a douchebag. It is magic. It is magic on the screen. He thinks Bruce Willis is amazing in red. Maybe you should check I that out. I really doubt it. Uh, also, Edward Norton, Noah? Yeah. yeah. I don't care about Edward Norton. <gasps> what? Oh, so I suppose... Edward Norton. So I suppose you will not be seeing Alita Battle Angel 2? Oh, shit, you got that wrong. You know I'm going to be yeah. seeing that. Hell yeah. Sure. All right. That's the only reason I wanted to see the first one. You guys told me that, and I was like, I don't care. It's spoiled. I still need to see it. But Wes let's take a look and at their I first films. Christopher Nolan directed Following. What is it? Sixty minutes long, black and white. I will get you the real. <sighs> uh, I will say that about the lighthouse. Following. I will say it. It's yes. Have you seen the following? Okay, no, but I, I know I what it is. Enjoy the following. Let me talk about. it. Okay, what is it? <laughs> hit me, hit me with the, hit me it's with the description. Boring. Black and white, 60-minute-long student film that somehow made it to a real... I don't know if it got a theatrical release, but it's definitely released in festivals. I don't even know how he did that. That's not even fair. What a jerk. Wes Anderson's first movie, Bottle Rocket, brought us the Wilson brothers, Luke and Owen. I mean, thank you. Wow. We wouldn't have Armageddon. We wouldn't have Cars. We wouldn't have Midnight in Paris. We wouldn't have Luke Wilson, who's in some good stuff. 
Anchorman. We want to have Anchorman without Wes Anderson bringing these two iconic brothers to the forefront. More important than anything Christopher Nolan has done in his career. Thank you. Well, I would like to argue your argument for their first pictures, and I would like to state that not seen Bottle Rocket. However, I am in a position to state any bad words about it since you have not Isn't seen it. Is it just following? following? It's so interesting. I mean the title. So it's not the following. Isn't it just following? It, you, it's following. I wish you wouldn't because that's not the, the title following. of the movie. But Okay, following. It's just going to bother me well if I don't say it, it like that. You. So, in following, you know, it's about this, this, he just follows a thief. He watches a thief do his work, and it's so, it's interesting. The way it's shot, you watch it, and he, it's his usual director. Dude, he like, shot it on a camcorder when he was like 20 years old. That's bold. Yeah, and it's a fucking oh, masterpiece. come on. Okay, for a 20-year-old, it's really fucking good, Okay. For a 20-year-old, it's really Speaking fucking good. following a thief, one time I followed Noah and watched him steal my heart. Aww. Now, in Bottle Rocket, let's take let's take a look here Speaking since I've never Bottle actually Rocket seen it. Noah stole my heart. No, I don't want Battle Royale. I want Speaking Bottle of Battle Royale. Royale. Battle Royale. Noah stole All right, my heart. can I just interject with another okay. little factoid? bringing up beloved actors' careers. Uh, Wes Anderson brought back Bill Murray. Are are you guys going to argue against Bill did Murray? Did he bring him back? Yeah. He, did, did he bring, bring back, back Bill Murray? 1998 Rushmore earned him, forgive me, a Golden Globe nomination for Best Supporting Actor in a Musical or Comedy because Bill Murray in Rushmore is one of my favorite f performances of all time. Ghostbusters 2... You've never he even gave seen up. Ghostbusters. Bill Murray You've gave up. You've never seen Ghostbusters. Bill Murray gave up. Have you seen Ghostbusters? No. Exactly. What are I you trying to prove? I didn't see Bill Murray and his giving up. You're out of your element, Johnny. Okay, I'm back here. I'm back, guys. I just ran away for a little bit, but now I'm back. Um, Things got pretty tense. No, Ghostbusters is in Bill Murray's giving up phase. I know. He's phenomenal. Um, Ghostbusters 2 is. Yes. Um. Yeah, I would... Bill Murray definitely gave up for a few years between Ghostbusters 2 and Bottle Rocket. But I might not add to the Rushmore. Rushmore. Yeah. But he, he was also featured in a couple years back. Uh, uh, Oscar nominated film, uh, Ed Wood, directed yeah, by Yeah, but he's Tim a Burton. very small part of that. But still, that was when he, he kind of started delving into those weird little quirky movies that's, to that's regain true. his popularity after starring in, like, the man who knew too little, and other garbage. Be that as it may, Wes Anderson continued using Bill Murray in nearly every film afterwards, continuing to rejuvenate his career and keeping him in the forefront of cinema. And now, he's in Ghostbusters 2020. All right! Jason Reitman, he's back at the top. So in conclusion, you wouldn't have Ghostbusters 2020 without Wes Anderson. I, I'm I'm gonna yeah, say I, this. No. I feel as though if Bill Murray wanted to come, it's quick. If Bill Murray wanted to come back, Bill it's Murray could fucking come works. back whenever he wanted. It's sad, but it's true. He could have. He could have done whatever the fuck he wanted. No, it just so happened that when he came back, it was with a Wes Anderson. Movie. I would have to. Uh, 
agree with Noah. I wouldn't call this me conceding, but through some logic, sure, I guess Wes Anderson gave us Bill Murray points, too. <laughs> Wes Anderson gave us Ghostbusters 2020. Oh, that's, oh, that, that's what it is. That's what it is. So, in conclusion... Conclusion, Christopher Nolan is better and always will be better than Wes Anderson. So, in conclusion, we've got... I'll let the audience decide, in my opinion. I know I'll throw a poll on our Twitter account. I'll get a Twitter just to vote. So, we've got one side. Well, two people say Nolan. The other states Anderson. Since we do not have a reciting judge. I'm going to make it even here and say Wes Anderson is better than Christopher Nolan. Fuck! Ran away and thought of it this whole time. And it's Wes Anderson. So, since it is even, and we don't have a reciting judge, it is a draw. Reciting? I thought it's reciting. Subsiding. Anyways. Subsiding. Uh, Oversiding. You can so follow us on Twitter at Podcast Picture and on Instagram at Motion Picture the Podcast. And uh, we have the link to our Patreon in the bios of both of those accounts if you want to support the show. Well, you didn't seem like you were going to do it, so there you go. Wait, how time, much would it be it? to uh, do the Patreon? So, so good, good question, good Reed. Asked, Reed. Good question. So right now, as it stands, I end the audience and the interest in this advertising. Jack, hurry, Jack, hurry. How much is it? I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. So if you want to be... Ah. I don't know if I want to be anything at this point. So we have various tiers, as yep. most patrons does. Most patrons oh, does. fuck. Do losing excuse my, my English. So no, currently our no tiers we have as funny as it is, our first tier is Gone. Nolan yeah. at two dollars. We don't have a one dollar uh, tier. We should do a one dollar. No two dollars. Should we do a one dollar? Very well. I'll make it Wes Anderson. We should have like a uh, I walked into that one. <laughs> <laughs> we should have like a fifty cent <laughs> tier. So for fifty so cent, obviously. Currently our first tier is the basic tier. It's the basic movie. Pa- it's the basic package. Basically, you're just giving us donations. You know, I c- you can get access to like maybe some articles that we'll post at oh, some point. We'll shout you out on the show, and we'll probably shout you out. The next one is Spielberg, which is the five dollar membership. So our five dollar membership is more. It's the basic membership, but it's more. You get more early access to stuff. And then we've got Tarantino, Kubrick, Lucas. I you know, think so I'm forward. going to have to help Jack work on these tiers. But the point is that we'll get some cool stuff to you, whether it's movie commentaries or movie reviews, or at some point we'll just we'll just do whatever whatever you want. And as Nola has previously stated, the final tier will allow you to. We do need to call that one the final frontier. Get it? Oh my God! Oh. Yes, I. How much? How much? The final Anyways, frontier. Uh, so yeah, no, that sounds really simple. I'm glad I might have to take one out uh, for personal purposes. Yes. So it's very simple to set up too. All you need is your email, credit card number, something like that. All I don't me. think you need a social. Uh, if we could, uh, if we could please be you honest don't. with the audience, so maybe they don't turn this off and break their phone when they get away with it. So, so to conclude, finally, thank you for sticking around for this episode. As always, in my usual closing statements. We're growing. There will be growing pains. We're slowly figuring out.
I've been yes, five foot ten He's still since like seventh boy. grade. Me too. Sad. So with that, uh, no one knows how tall um, we are actually in real life. Might I say I am the tallest person in this room? <laughs> I'm also super in shape and good at sports. I wear glasses. I can see very well, though, without them. I do it for fun, and I, uh, um, um, I don't want to say anything that might offend anybody. So I'm not gonna. <laughs> I will simply say I'm in peak physical performance. And with that, uh, we're going to close out this episode. You can find us at all our social media previously stated. And all i got to say is we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.